Welcome to the Decompression Chamber. I am your host, Andrea, and joining me this week is Gold Star Mom, Heather Baker. Heather, thank you so much for coming on this week. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for le letting me talk about this subject. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's it's something I think is really important. Um, I saw you on with my with my friend TC a couple weeks ago, and it was just something that I really had not thought of um, and really had not had much personal experience with. I read the Navy Times from time to time, not even now that I'm out, and, uh, and we hear about... Uh, sailors you know, dying in training or something like that and it's always very jarring because you just do not think as domestic services being nearly that dangerous and unfortunately you were personally affected by this uh with your son uh caleb smithers and um i want to learn more about caleb's life and uh what uh you know following that what what you've been going through um but I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> well, um, I could have never imagined that I would be sitting here going through what I'm going through. No. How the, could the anyone? The things is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, no, I... We, we families, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher mm -hmm. of, of 20 years. Wow. I taught America's children for 20 years mm -hmm. and it has been my heart to be um, patriotic. Of course. And to love my country and mm -hmm. my, it, it wore off on my son. He grew up believing in everything that this utopian American world mindset believes in liberty yes. justice for all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it came crashing down on the 22nd of January, 2020 as 2020 was just like insane for all of us, but it started, this is before. Right. This, before know, everything what, what shut down. Before, yeah. And so, I mean, it was starting to, you're we hearing hints of it, right? You know? Sure. Um, but I never would have ever imagined that my son would die on American soil on a base he swore to defend. Yeah. It, it just is unimaginable, just seemingly unconscionable. And as, as we were talking about earlier, uh, just the amount of uh, of time invested in in training up a soldier i mean a lot of us in the military joke about how we're government property you know we have to get permission to get tattoos and things like that and, and in a certain sense okay you know the military would take care of their equipment their humvees everything else your son it doesn't seem like such care or regard was given to him. And in some cases it was just created out of thin air ex post facto that, Oh no, we did, we did do our due diligence to make sure this soldier was oh, taken yeah. care of. And that wasn't the case. Oh no. And I, and even Caleb's Colonel, Colonel Otan, Scotty Otan, he told me himself that Caleb was checked on. 
Yeah. And just, you know, I just can't, that's hard to hear from a colonel. And like, I can see the truth right there that he wasn't, it was, it's like, how, how can you say that? And, And then the command come to Lubbock to, to my hometown and deliver this right here mm-hmm. that says, you know, their explanation is there's no, it says no standard protocol in place to check on an injured soldier on their base, Fort Bragg, that takes up over four counties. Yeah, what? it doesn't make the sense. Home of the special forces, there's yeah. no protocol mm-hmm. on base to check on PB2 Caleb Smither. Yeah. He was gung ho. He was 12 points away from a perfect PT score. That's his crazy. goals included um, his his goals were all like Rangers, Sapper, Hotel Eight, um, uh, all these. You know, like he was 19. Yeah, he was full of like like eagerness. He, you couldn't talk him out of it. Obviously not, because, you know, you follow the timeline. He graduates high school. He is going into the Army. I mean, there's no, like, senior summer, any of that stuff. He is ready to go. He was begging me at 17. He was begging me. Yeah. And I was like, how many just, like, you're, because he was, he was, pretty popular at his school Mm -hmm. well and a guy like that yeah just as as motivated and driven as he was and is like you're saying i mean obviously a natural athlete with those kind of pt scores i mean yeah right right and he was just only gonna get better um he was just you know he was this was his first and final duty station he tc actually mentioned he didn't get to do his first jump yes yeah that was something that i didn't huge he said and i'm like i thought it was here too but nobody else seemed to think it was a big deal right there like and and colonel otan's telling me hey we are always like we treat our our paratroopers like they're our own children and if that's the case then you better watch out you know i guess you know um over there because because you know as i'm tracking um enrique roman martinez who actually literally lost his head was under the same colonel. So wow. what's going on here? You know, I'm, that's... I'm calling up after I found out, and this is kind of jumping forward a little no, bit, but right. the same doctor yeah. that gave Caleb care is still working on, <clears throat> on base at Fort Bragg in the Womack army medical center. I, that, I mean, that's just unconscionable because the best, the the one of the many ways to to get better hey. at anything to improve uh, whether it's a system your own performance is you have to take responsibility for mistakes and that just does not appear to be happening it's just cover Absolutely. up after cover up and, and if the best that you can do for Caleb that's the best that you could do for your own kids that's what you're saying yeah right that's what's Girl. scary does, so does he have America, any children? That's true. Then that's the best they can do for any of us. Yeah. You think it's you think it's just oh that just happened to PB two Caleb's in there? No. No. Here's the statistics: seventy five percent of our service members die non combat deaths. That, that's staggering to me. This is recent congressional research. Of that seventy five percent, ninety three percent die on U.S. soil. That's staggering. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, that's 
way higher of a number than I would have possibly imagined. Um, and, and you do see that a lot of times uh, if you look at combat deaths, you know, whether it's the Civil War or World War II, a lot of people die of disease. And But then you look at, you know, non-combat related, and those are all pretty high, and it's just a head-scratcher of, you know, what's going on, and now we're in 20, you know, new century, are we getting better, are we, you know, what's going on, and this, the statistics are still off the charts, just seems unreal, you know, in a training yeah. environment where you should be learning, you should be getting better, because you might be going into something a little more serious, a lot less safe, and uh, by no means do does it look like anyone's prepared? Right. Yeah. And you would think that they would have the best care, right? I mean, yes, we families are sold that they're sold this idea. Yes. And, and, um, in the, from the recruiting standpoint, you know, and it, it, it pains me when I see a young, young person going into the military these days and I say, Hey, so, so what's your reason? Yeah. And they say, oh, it's college, and that's it. And I'm like, oh, dude, do you yeah. know the statistics? Like, you families, we families, please, please, please educate yourself. Like, I have it out there. It's Just go to C-A-L-E-B-S-M-I-T-H-E-R.com, and you can find the statistics that I'm referring to right now. The GAO also did some statistics, our research. Um, here's their statistics one out of six of their medical providers is certified to or accredited to do their job one out of six what and then they have independent contractors that they're hiring um to serve as doctors on their military bases uh -huh. and then they're denying claims because of that unbelievable medical malpractice claims uh, yeah There's there so has to be accountability like i there I, there has to be accountability it, you know yeah it's just just staggering to me and i i don't meet a lot of young people or old people for that matter looking to go into the military um the the few people i do i mean it's you know, uh, I I want to serve my country, or you know, the more realistic, I want to blow stuff yeah. up. Admirable. <laughs> okay, I'm not dear. gonna. <laughs> at least you know what you're getting into. Okay with that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but then you know, you talk to people who really still believe, like the you know, I I want to serve my country, or you know, they just don't, yeah. as you say, they don't have an accurate view, and it's it's like yeah. it makes me feel initially a little bit better because I'm just I'm so cynical to have someone that full of hope but at the same time it's like meeting like a 12 year old who still believes in Santa Claus you're well, like you're, oh. you're you have seen the underbelly of it from your perspective and we civilians are still out here living the dream right <laughs> you right. know in our in our heads to to a degree I mean I'm a teacher yeah yeah you know we serve it up that way to our students for sure. I'm an elementary school teacher. You know what I mean? So Right, right. What so, grade what grade do you teach? I, I'm an art teacher, so I teach the oh, whole school. Okay. Oh wow. K through grade. So okay. like for instance, here's a here's a point in case. When Caleb was home for hometown recruiting between getting his airborne ring, wings at um um Benning mm -hmm. and coming mm -hmm. back to Lubbock between when he went to uh, Bragg 
-hmm. he uh, came out with his uh, his recruiter and they spent the whole day in my little elementary school. If, oh, that's cool. I say little, if we have 800 kids, Whoa. <clears throat> approximately 800. And so we pushed all of those kids through my classroom mm -hmm. uh, one day so that he could see, uh, so he could, you know, talk to them yeah. um, about his experience. And awesome. uh, what, what better way to, to recruit than young minds like that? Oh yeah, that yeah. leaves in the. So we were part. all about building the team, you know. Of course. And I had no idea. I had no idea. No idea. I can't wait for you to meet Terry Caserta and her husband Patrick Caserta. Uh, <clears throat> the boys over there at the Vet Nation they did a, a podcast with her mm -hmm. and her husband talking about Brandon. You you were a Navy person mm -hmm. yourself, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and so Brandon, he. Uh, He's a, uh, he was in SEAL training mm -hmm. and he encountered some medical malpractice, in my opinion, some things. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, ultimately led to his death. And he, he, his death was due to um, toxic abuse of leadership oh, and geez. I believe medical malpractice, but it, you know, um, and they just passed the, uh, the Brandon Act. Um, and, and implement their, they, uh, just, uh, put it into, uh, I guess, <clears throat> I think it was like earlier in May, like the first of May, they, the DOD finally, after two years, they finally implemented it. So like, I, I'm <clears throat> the reason I'm telling you about Terry and Patrick is because I would not be here without mm -hmm. them, without them reaching out and seeing my posts yeah yeah about what i was walking through yeah oh it's important you know? to have community for something like that it's so difficult to go through and and to have people who understand and who have blazed some of the trail of getting answers and corrections to to the problems that exist that led to such tragedies i you know it's it's very important to have that well we have to because these are high profile cases that nobody's speaking out about except for you, you guys, uh, um, the folks over at Vet Nation and, of course, TC and his podcast. I'm so grateful. Anyone that will let us, like, share. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, experience, strength, and hope, of course, right? Absolutely. But, um, but like, there, we've got a serious problem going on here. Definitely. I, there, you know, I, I have read about that where you know someone dies in seal training and i think there's kind of this thought of well i mean it, it's so difficult like it could happen and it's like no this, this training is run by serious professionals now sometimes you know someone has a heart condition just somehow something got missed some really freak accident maybe you know once a decade well or something but the some of the stuff that they do like you say they get more and more the instructors have a tendency to get more and more sadistic they want to be meaner than their instructors were to them and safety the same precautions are overlooked after, after what after what they did to brandon um they turned around and a couple hours later um another um seal i don't know if it was a seal training but uh, another 
service member, they, they actually killed him and it, it was proven homicide. So oh like it was amping up to something really bad. Yeah. Anyway, like, I, I think you need to definitely, um, interview, um, this is my, <laughs> yeah, plug. No, I'm definitely please open to that. Them because like, we need to like join together, join voice forces. We need, uh, all the fam- families that, um, this is a very painful subject. It's really hard of because course. these are not adults. Like they don't get like it's not the same. It's not the same as a combat situation. Right. And these families, we they we shrink away. We're it's very painful um, because yep. there's not it's not the same and it's not the same after after death either. No. No. So um, and we need we need the families to come forward and yes. tell their their too so uh, i'm I'm around i'm always available for anybody that wants to uh you know reach out like i mean i've learned much on what to do next through Mm -hmm. terry patrick through cammy del barba who Mm -hmm. her son des del barba he's a wounded warrior like these people have been my lifeline good I'm so glad that you you have that support because yeah. uh, just listening to your story on on TC's show, uh, just about the type of man that Caleb was, really impressive individual and someone I wish I could have met, and uh, just what human kind. Yeah, what and and just uh, what what happened to him, and we'll we'll touch on that here briefly. But um, so in in January, I mean, because he had. He got to his command shortly after Thanksgiving, or he flew out there Thanksgiving Day, uh, 2019. That's uh, right. And uh, and as TC pointed out, within a week of being at the new command, it's expected that a paratrooper will have a jump with his unit. And he had been there seven weeks with no jump. And this is before any sort of COVID protocols, any sort of shutdown. So it's really yeah. very they failed out there. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you know. Absolutely. Or, and, yeah. I, you know, certainly it's difficult to, to pick up on as it's happening, but uh, it sounds like he was very close with you and spoke or at least texted with you often. But then you got a text uh, about a week before he passed that he just didn't feel like talking. And that seemed very strange and well i got a text from him a couple days really before he he died um as i look back at it now uh, mm-hmm. the army's version is they say the 21st of january is when he died that's mm-hmm. not possible because his body was in the fifth stage of decomposition when it was found my god so there's no way that his body could be deceased on the 21st of January. Right. Also on the 15th of January, the proof is in the phone records, which the army would refuse to open his phone. So. Inexcusable. I, yes. So I ordered his phone records, had to have my Congressman reach out to AT&T. They had to help me get his phone records. Unbelievable. Um, I'm sure there's going to be lots of good stuff on there when I can get his actual phone um, opened somehow. Yeah, yeah. 
or if I can at least get the text messages, you know, it'd be nice. But anyway, regardless, the 15th of January is when the the early morning of the 15th of January, Mm -hmm. he stops responding to any text messages and phone calls. And so up until that point, he was responding. Mm -hmm. Um, And... You know, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but these young people, man, like we, any of us, like we talk a lot. We share a lot throughout the day. And Caleb, he was one of those kids that was just like always communicating. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and then of course, you know, there's going to be a, the way, the way these uh, paratroopers were communicating was on a, a group text message. Okay. Yeah. So. Nothing in the investigation whatsoever has ever been mentioned about a group text message and what was even said or spoken of in those group text messages. I would think that that would be a really important part mm-hmm. yeah. of what's going on here. What was spoken about? Yes, in communication is key. Yeah. yeah. If it's innocuous, yeah. then who cares? Right. Redact, <laughs> they're going to redact everything anyway. So why not let's see the text messages? Absolutely. But they're not even a part of the investigation. I'm so stunned by that. That's um, insane. Sorry. I know I'm a little bit all over the place, but I, I know this case inside and out. And so what's next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's that's the other thing that we, we touched on earlier is just that he he had hit his head right Mm -hmm. and then there is there's some controversy with that because you know about when that happened because caleb had a snapchat up about that but then his chain of command disputed that and gave the wrong date of when it occurred when he actually went to the hospital and that's not matching up either uh and there just doesn't seem to be any sort of accountability any sort of correction or anyone who can give any clear answer as to what was happening um, certainly not in his chain of command. Oh, of course not. No, they were just damage controlling me the whole time, making sure, you know, even after I went up there to his memorial, you know, I'd have, and I know it's normal for them to call and check on me. I know that. Mm-hmm. But I also know when there's a feeling of, hey, just checking them. Right. Check right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, the uh, whole you're not going to sue us vibe. Well, you know? they can, we can't. There's no way we could sue them because of the Ferris Doctrine. Uh, the Ferris uh, Doctrine bars. <clears throat> it's in in the Ferris Doctrine. It's a case law, mm-hmm. and it's um, it, there's there's a history of how it became. My attorney Daniel, he he does a great job. Um, explaining it and i think that that nation did a podcast with him and then tc also did a podcast with him <clears throat> so anyway he's he's really great, good at explaining like how the ferris doctrine works and how how it all came together but mm-hmm. basically there's a clause in there incidents of service mm-hmm. we need congress to define incidents to service what does that mean Right, right. No, like, because blatant murder, negligent homicide, medical malpractice. Yes. These things are, cannot be Mm -hmm. incidents to service. 
yeah like that and then to say that that we that that you can't sue yeah you know you can't sue or or just have any semblance of recourse you know just exactly so when i say sue i guess it means accountability Mm -hmm. you have no accountability whatsoever so even if it's like judicial Mm -hmm. punishment that would be a you know an avenue right yeah it's just as no recourse whatsoever right yeah so um Uh, yeah just simply unconscionable but now so they so they did an amendment so to speak of this Mm -hmm. various doctrine a couple years back the Stiskel act came about Richard Stiskel, he, I believe he'd had cancer. <clears throat> he'd gotten his medical records and it was shown that they knew about his cancer the whole time. <clears throat> and so he, anyway, the Stiskel Act came about and they just denied his claim, his own claim, the namesake of the Stiskel Act. They just denied his <laughs> so, Amazing. They denied Caleb's claim as well. And I'm not surprised if they denied high school's claim they're gonna die they have all these little loopholes written in of course the dod's version right they get to make the rules up yeah i wish Obviously, i had balls the, law, the size of the government the like, i'd use them for and good so but... basically they just say you know like in caleb's case they say um you know he he doesn't qualify because the person that was responsible if he was responsible question mark if yeah he if he was responsible as a, a independent contractor yet that independent contractor i called and second i found out his name and he's still working at with the Womack army medical center and the reason that <clears throat> going through a court and doing this the right way mm-hmm. is the right way to do this and it it is it, it, because it holds people accountable it has the opportunity to hold people accountable and that's right. important we have to be able to do that. Yes. Absolutely. We have to be able to do that. Because if <clears throat> they, this is, at this point, it's created a culture mm-hmm. wrapped up around this kind of stuff, like shirking responsibility. Yeah. You know, just not giving a care, you know, mm-hmm. being lazy. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. They seem to be putting more work into Technology. covering their tracks than just doing things right the first time. Uh, that's that's what's maddening how are we how are you going to conduct yourself in a real battle yeah friend yeah that's you're not you're not training for it conducting yourself here because in, in the creeds it talks about basically that oh all of this is training yes every day every moment is training mm-hmm. you yeah, know and the creeds are important yes we need to go back to the language of the creeds and really sink into them and look at what they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the military is not just a job. You know, this is the type of structure no. that when you're yeah. offering your life. No, yeah, <laughs> you've got to follow something. Yes, yeah, you have you know? to have something much have, stronger to believe in because it surely is not the paycheck that inspire you. Yes. Because that's why, probably why you joined. These young people these days. Yeah. They just want to go, ah, he's not one of us. Let's get rid of him. I I mean, it almost seems that way. 
Now, with um, with the incident where he hit his head and he went to the emergency room, the the care provider was was a contractor, correct? Um, the yeah, the they're saying that the the person that saw him on the fifteenth of January, which is the last day Caleb was alive, mm-hmm. um, according to his, you know, decomposition, right? You know. And um, this person, the independent contractor, was on the 15th. He saw somebody on the 14th mm-hmm. saying was uh, military-related. Um, and then he was turned away on the 13th of January. Oh, man. From the Womack Army Medical Center. And the leadership, um, I believe his first sergeant is one of the ones um who you know spoke about um you know in in caleb's investigation that you know confirmed that that was the 13th and of course they try to explain it away later of course of course but but i'm sorry no now why why would he have been turned away i mean they're they're just that lazy they don't want to do the paperwork or what I mean, that seems crazy to me that they... I don't know, but I've heard a lot of people, There's, I've had people contact me and let me know. Mm-hmm. Their their brother was turned away, or their husband was turned away, or they're, you know, I'm not sure why they're doing that. Like, if, if I mean, I don't understand. No, and... I don't understand. Do they not, they, they, they I know sometimes look at um these young kids like oh you just got a little boo boo go back to your room well yeah. and i i used to be on ski patrol so i had right. you know basically the equivalent of an emt and we always said there no head wound is minor there's so much stuff going on in there someone says they hit their head like you take that extremely seriously you're checking things as as much as we can and we strongly advise people you need to go to the emergency room. And if I've gone to the emergency room once or twice from head wounds, and it's like, okay, CT scan, we need to check for bleeding, because oftentimes was that the that's where it happens. When you, on the first time you went? Or was it on, you know, because they only did that on the, the last time Caleb went. And what, what did they, did they find anything? Or what did they, they even review his results? What was evidence of, 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 swelling in the sinuses which said which acute bacterial meningitis which is ultimately what they said that he died from which i anyway we'll get there but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have my questions about that um uh you know they're saying that that he died of acute bacterial meningitis Mm -hmm. um swelling in the sinuses is one of those key signs okay of that um, he was even having a hard time just, he, he had to wear like night vision goggles. That's what you're saying. That's so yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. He had to wear night vision goggles. He, he wore them into formation, I believe on the, the 14th, mm-hmm. the morning of the 14th. It was the only way he get, could get to formation. I think he was late and Caleb was not one of those kids that was just a slacker. Right. Even they told me whenever I went over, they told me what a hard worker he was, you know. Yeah. And 
and uh, they tell me some funny stories about him running to chase the the military cops down um, <laughs> because they kept passing by the barracks and missing where they were calling him to. <laughs> they oh. had this guy like restrained or something, and like they're like, "Caleb, go go chase those guys down. They keep missing the place." So. <laughs> He, he, they were like, we have never seen anybody run so fast. <laughs> Good. He was just, they picked he was the right all man in. for the job. He, whatever he was going to do, he was going to do it with his fullest, you know? So he, there were no complaints or were there. Yeah. I, well, in the, yeah, something that happened to PB2 Caleb Smither, because it said in the toxicologist said in her report that it would raise red flags at the command mm -hmm. because no mm -hmm. prophylactic was needed on at, for any one that was around Caleb because it's highly contagious. Nobody yes, needed. Is. And so she said herself that no prophylactic was needed. It would raise red flags at the command because nobody, no prophylactic was needed. That, how does that happen? Because yeah. there were people that were in direct contact with Caleb uh, about, as far as I can tell, you know, at least five or six people. Yeah. And, and like a bunch of other, you know, if, if he's in a formation situation, like. I mean, oh, yeah. You're in close quarters like, at all the time. I mean, the only time it's eclipsed is when you're in boot camp. So, but I, And his roommate, not, you know. No, his roommate, mm -hmm. his roommate, I don't, I wish I knew who his roommate was. And if fact, you don't if anybody, even know that. No, if they anybody have, does mm -hmm. know, please come forward and tell me who PB2 Caleb Smithers roommate was, please. It would really help me out. Wow. This person needs to be reinvestigated. There's several people that need to be reinvestigated, but there's something else going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, who sprays for breeze to cover up the smell of a dead body? What roommate would do that? Yeah. They're in a, they're in a, they're in like a, you know, they're sharing quarters, like a, they have a, a common area, mm -hmm. you know, a bathroom, and then they have their own two separate rooms, right? Yep. So they're living in sort of a, sort of like a little apartment situation, mm -hmm. I guess, in one of the barracks and. You know, I mean, there's another service member, um, paratrooper, the corporal. Everything's redacted, so I say corporal redaction. Right, right. Like, um, he's saying that he spoke with PB2 Caleb Smithers' roommate, and the roommate said, you know, something about... Febreze and that his his room really smelled like shit, and he's like, the corporal's like, well, you should go check on him, and I'm like, yeah, all all <laughs> all of you, if you're hearing that corporal, you should also go checking on him. So the corporal tells the you know the CID that he checked on Caleb on the 17th of January, mm -hmm. but guess who the only person that checked on PB2 Caleb Smither on the 17th of January was me. I was the only phone call on oh, the 17th. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay? But this is the answers they're giving me. 
it's even in here on their own like calendar and timeline how they have it you know the last known contact and all this stuff they're they're i i presented my own calendar mm-hmm. of facts yeah you have to bear with you um yeah, they're saying the last known contact was the 17th of January, right here. Mm-hmm. And I handed the entire, the, who, the, the people that showed up in my congressman's office that day that came down to present me this, mm-hmm. um, I slid across the table to each one of them a little manila envelope full of evidence, my own evidence. Good. And I said, I'm going to just give you a moment to look over Caleb's phone records then. Yeah. And And did they? They told me they were not here to answer, really answer any questions. They're just here to deliver a message, basically. So, you know. So much for representing. Yeah, it's been a very, very interesting. But yeah, from... There's just been so much, um, you know, it was hard for me to get Caleb's belongings. That, that too is absolutely crazy. Ridiculous. And I had to basically beg Fort Hood on their public page, three core, for his belongings, you know? And of course that got sent to the department of the army and i got a phone call through my my casualty assistance officer hey uh, miss baker <laughs> the head of these offices the casualty assistance offices wants to meet with you <laughs> i'm like okay okay yeah seems seems because odd. i'm re- well I, I needed my son's belongings and of so course. They finally they finally um you know, I had to make all that noise just to get somebody to help me with it. You know, the it shouldn't be that way at all. It's no. very, very simple. And the other striking thing about the story is that you found out, you know, when you were on TC show, you mentioned that it took them three weeks to get Caleb home, which is just they what? were it was going to take them three weeks if i if my congressman jody errington had not helped me mm-hmm. by sending a letter off and s- requesting like hey more information about this i think he might have even made a phone call over there Probably. but yeah. they were saying three weeks and uh, he was able to help get caleb home sooner good good which was more like a week and a half, maybe. Which maybe. even that is a crazy timeline. Yeah, so, you know, just so much hassle. Like, I, and it, and it red, shouldn't red be that way. Red flags from the beginning. Like, they told me a whole week after they initially notified me that Caleb's body was too decomposed to be viewable. Here I was calling up the funeral home and making arrangements for an open casket right right because that's I, what you're thinking i mean i'm like like this that's is what an open any rational person would think. And i realized that i could either lay down mm-hmm. or i could move forward one little bite at a time and that was the first big bite i had to take 
Yeah. Oh, that's and then, then to find out that all of the preparations I'd already made that were heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. I was trying to prepare myself, my mind, and my daughter, her mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then I had to tell her, "Hey, I'm sorry. I have to tell you that you'll never, you know, he's. How do I tell her? His yeah, bo- his body. Oh, it's just, horrifying. You know, like she's 13. Yeah. You know, like what? No one should have to go through that. It's so like it's just horrifying. And then, so yeah, um, there was there was some big red flags from the beginning. Just yeah, um, one after another. Really, you know, I I had to it, I had to be the first person to call the command. My casualty assistance officer said, "Miss Baker, has the has anybody from the command reached out to you yet?" And I was like, "What? No." Yeah. Well, yeah. So How were you heard, supposed to know? Oh well, I guess I need to start calling them. Um, you know, because I didn't know what the deal was. Um, there needs to be like a next of kin bill of rights where, <laughs> just okay, command has failed here. We we need recourse well, here. Also, they were supposed to notify you within four hours, I believe, of a death. Mm-hmm. They notified me next day. Unco- unconscionable. I know. So, like, I looked it up, and, and there it is. It's, they're supposed to notify you within four hours. Unbelievable. I, I'm the one. One of the things in the military is they tr- tell you about defense in depth. I I call it redundancies but just okay well there could be a point of failure here but there's this other thing kind of shoring it up so if that fails you know this thing will be there so the thing this could be successful and just there's so many points of failure in this there's no redundancies there's no defense in depth however you want to call it it just suggests that this incompetence is endemic and intentional and they have allowed yeah they have no no desire or and there's been no effort made to to change it because that would involve as you've pointed out taking responsibility and changing their ways and all they're concerned about is saving their careers covering up their tracks and and going back to again the care provider i mean you point out they okay he died of bacterial meningitis and no one needed prophylactics and it just so happened to happen at the same time that he was hit in the head that they didn't check on. I And they said that his head, his, his head injury had nothing to do with his death. How do they know? How could they know? They said that there was no like head wounds, visible head wounds. Well, visible and sounds like we didn't bother doing a CAT so, scan. Like they, they didn't in the beginning. Well, first of all, he 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 wasn't allowed to go to the ER. You know, they they turned him away the first time he sought help. The next time he was so sick, he couldn't even make it to formation, and he came out in night vision goggles. He also made a phone call to a friend. I have this horrifying, the sound of the last sound of my son's voice is him whimpering and crying for in pain, asking mm. just you know it hurts. Yeah. Oh my God. And even this young lady that came over and put a little towel on his head, 
she didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't understand. It's and and she was gag ordered, by the way. Gag ordered. Yeah, I have not told not to that that I that she could not talk about it to, unless she's talked about it to her command or um the um CID. That that is circling so the she, wagons. She sent that to me in a in a text message and I have it. Wow. That and right there. What's going on? People? The gap order. They denied that it existed and I said, Well, here it is. Yeah. But so now you're calling her a liar. Sorry, I don't mean to get her in trouble, but uh, well, I'm but you need answers, and they seem to have no interest in providing any. And if honest. they do, I'm a teacher. I've been an investigator for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to figure out stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're you're dealing with little little kids that lie and you know withhold the truth. Of course, they're a little more obvious sometimes. You know. Sure. But sure. I I did say to the. Uh, to the CID guy one time I said hey you know I've heard better excuses from my fourth graders right and he instantly got defensive and the line shut down cut off oh, because of my casualty assistance officer saved his butt oh boy he was about to say something really bad he yeah he told me not to insult him and I said hey listen here yeah and the line shut down <laughs> holy cow i just you're talking you're not you're not talking to Susie q off the street you know right no whatever Uh, well and guys killed my son yeah and and nobody (laughs) seems to have any remorse or compassion or anything it's just how can we get this behind us as soon as possible and just pretend like it never even happened was so driven and, and like looked up to all of those people. Yeah. Every time I spoke to him on the phone, he was always talking to me about what order he was going to do all this stuff in, you know? Yeah. Like, he had dreams. First, 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 first. What's going to happen? Well, I think now, mom, I think the best thing is I'm going to do this first and then I'm going to do that. And it was just a conversation like that every single time. That's and great. him quoting the soldiers' creed and the airborne creed and the and singing their songs and because he yeah. had a beautiful voice and he loved to sing and so he was just gung ho for all of it. He was all in. And that's, that's Caleb is the ultimate left behind. But who's next? Yeah, yeah. And who else is out there? What other families are out there that we don't know about because they're in too much pain? Yeah, to speak out or read the investigations or talk about it, you know. I I can't imagine, you know, reading the details of. Oh God, yeah, yeah. It, it's it has to be really difficult. But like you said, in making funeral arrangements for Caleb, just that you're taking one step at a time to get through mm-hmm. it. Now, if if someone's going through this, what do you recommend for first steps in in terms of getting touch in touch with community? I mean, is there I mean, getting in touch with you. Obviously. Yeah, there's lots of us out there. Um, you can reach out to Heather Hedge Baker on Facebook. That's me. Um, Terry Caserta of the Brandon Act. You can just go to the Brandon Act or the Brandon Caserta Foundation, any of those places. There's 
so many of us that will help. You know, I will. Uh, I will put what, those links in the YouTube ever, description. For yes, sure. yes, I'll give you all those. Um, you know, I would say first thing is stop, take a deep breath, and have your own independent autopsy done before you bury your service member. Mm-hmm. That's step, pretty much step number one. And yeah. in the same step, I would say get a hold of, if you start seeing these red flags, like I was talking about earlier, things that you're just like, okay, this doesn't feel right, seem right. You know, like yeah. you get a hold of your congressperson. Yes. Okay, you you got to get a hold of them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I some people just can't, you know, share. Like I'm a pretty much an open book. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for me to um, go against the beauty of the military. I felt like I'm like I know there are people that probably feel like my activism tarnishes it a little bit, you know, and it's, it's not that it tarnishes it. It's just that it, I'm showing what the truth is and what is, it yes. is what it is. Yeah. And, and so it can be beautiful and there are amazing commands out there that lead valiantly yes. and do the right thing with human kindness and are true to the um, creeds that they sign up to follow and live by. Mm-hmm. And they, that, those are the people that I just, I'm, I thank you so much for leading that way. And let's get, let's cut out the bad, you yeah. know, I mean, underbelly of the beast is here, but it's like, it's like, does it, like, we need to, like, we got to make a shift soon. Like there's got to be some you know what's happening to our our kids now is has is happening to our veterans you know yeah. and yeah and so like like it's just an epidemic all across the board you know we i just mentioned the service members in service right now 75% dying non combat deaths what about our veterans yeah Oh, that, that's a huge thing, too, and you will hear that from time to time, you know, 22 veteran suicides a day, and, you know, you hear about the waiting list at the VA in, in Arizona, um, yeah. and just, yeah, the veterans aren't taking care of it. Well, you're not playing an active role anymore, so you're on the back burner, and, man, stuff on the on the back burner tends to just burn out of control. So that's what I'm saying is this is this admonishing with all these honors and beauty and, oh, you know, we're making you look so good with all these emblems and all this stuff and saying what a good deeds and all this. But then on the back burner, you're turning around and nobody's being taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? It's (laughs) yeah. And that's, that's why, um, you know, I'm certainly not really one for lobbying efforts. I mean, as much as I work and everything else, I'm. Uh-huh. It's very difficult, but I I joined my dad's VFW post. I joined my local American Legion. It's hey, even if my dues, you know, thirty five, forty bucks a year, whatever for each of these organizations, at least they're going to some lobbying to help out veterans and 
lobby yeah. for veterans causes. Absolutely. 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 Um, yeah. but we, we had our, our national commander come down for dinner here a month or so ago. And, uh, what he told us that's happening to active duty service members is just crazy. I mean, we hear about Camp Lejeune in the water. We get ads about that ad nauseum, but yeah. I guess, you know, something similar out in the barracks in Hawaii, active duty, uh, or mm-hmm. family housing, I think it was, um, got shut yep. down because, you know, the water is bad and, you know, or structural integrity was condemned. And it's like, these people have nowhere to go. And it's like, these are yep. active duty service members. Are you crazy? There's nothing you can do in Hawaii. <laughs> do you know, do you, right. Do you know Melissa Godoy of Military Slumlord? No, no. I'd love to uh, talk to her. She's got a, yeah, I'll have to get you in touch with her. But she, like, like her whole thing is about, like, the barracks and, and housing, military housing, and just shedding light on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, she's, she's taken a lot of personal heat in her own family um, for it, you know, for her own activism. And she's she's a military wife. Yeah. With a husband who's still in service. So, yeah, like, she's, they are a force to be reckoned with that yes family. yeah well yeah military <laughs> spouses and generals I'm certainly are you, i work with a few of them other one that's been a lifeline to me and i just appreciate Good. like when military families come to me like that you know and they they say justice for smitty justice for pv2 caleb smither you know yeah um veterans like yourself you know like it's it's good for me because it helps with my, my own grief process to go, okay, I'm not insane here. Like other people are seeing it too. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, because it's such a close, you feel so closed off and the things that you're reading in these investigations are so shocking. And who do you share it with? Yeah. Do I share my mom who loved my son? Like, do I share like it's been hard to to break it to people yes well and then people yeah. don't want to deal with it they don't want to they don't want to like I have to kind of soak in it because I have to that's what investigation is yes yeah you do have to be immersed in it and it it is difficult because people and people might want to broach the topic but they really don't understand how or they want to avoid um you know perhaps uh delving you know, triggering more of your grief or, or something like that. But I mean, mm. it does need to be talked about. And what's really going to help with your grief is ultimately getting more people informed on it and helping out Absolutely. and, you know, supporting yeah. if there's legislation such as like the Brandon Act um, that can keep this from happening. And, and for, you know, other military families to be aware of this, because here I was a decade in, no idea. Absolutely totally oblivious um but you know it, a de- demanding accountability for from those who are still serving and for those still serving other chain of commands that's right yeah. you know we we just we like what you guys do what our service members do is so beautiful and valuable lives are so valuable like you are our most valued, I think, yeah. should be in in America, and and the way we treat our service members really echoes the state and well being of our nation. It, and as you can see, 
it's falling apart. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, recruits are a precious resource because you have to figure, what are they saying now? Only 13% walk through the door qualified to serve. I mean, it's some insane number where, you know, and branches are having difficulty meeting their recruiting goals. And it's just, you're not going to conserve this precious and obviously very finite and diminishing in capacity resource. And that's, that's how you conduct yourself. That's how you, you manage your people. And they're saying that that's part of why the recruiting numbers are going down is because of stories like Caleb's stories, like Brandon's. Um, And you know, here we have our veterans who have families of their own and they're going, hmm, no, 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 yeah. not doing that, not doing that. That's not going to happen to you like it happened to me or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. Right, right. And I definitely b- believe in molding a, I'll, I'll use the term soldier just for my end mm-hmm. as a army, but it's, you know, like that, I think it's an art. Mm-hmm. I think it's an art. It's a craft. It's a, you, you've got to be crafty about it. Um, you can't, you know, I think that it's important to be like hard and, and, and do the things that need to be, you know, said or whatever to break off some of the ways about ourselves that cause us to not be confident, you know, mm-hmm. and to mold us into confident valiant warriors you know yeah Uh, but then there's a line that people just keep crossing and that just keeps you know like um you know not you know there's there's also you know people are just they come from different walks of life you know we all have so much baggage in so many different areas we don't we're all the same you know right and um so like I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that it's like they're not expecting greatness mm-hmm. from the get go. They're not expecting yeah. that, you know, from the very beginning. They're expecting so what, dedication and aptitude will train you the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and then they're saying, hey, we'll give you this money, we'll give you, you know, this degree, and they're making all these promises to lure them in, yeah. um, and then not protecting them. Fine, lure them in, but then don't protect them, like, on their own territory? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really is poor. Too many outcries of abuse, of neglect now here. Caleb's case, like, to me, like, I look at Caleb's case and I go, that is the easiest way to save somebody's life is to check on them. Yeah. I, all you had to do. I, it's so unbelievably to be simple. To actually give a, a care, to yeah. have a human kindness. Yeah. That has to be modeled. Yeah. And, 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 and it's clear that be held accountable. Well, and it's not just leadership, but I mean the roommate. It, that's that's the one that he drives me. He would be a part of leadership. He would be a part of that leadership chain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just nobody, nobody up and down held themselves accountable, did anything, and 
ran away as it's, far away as they could get from from the fallout. Yeah, the temperature in Caleb's room was seventy one degrees. His body was in the found in the fifth stage of decomposition. That's putrefaction and mummification. Mm-hmm. That's past rigor mortis. That's well past. Oh, rigor mortis. yeah. Right, because I mean, we're talking five I or six days. So I had point. to look it up because <laughs> I read yeah. that. I was like fifth stage. Again. I was like, what is that? I don't know what this means. Oh, putrefaction, mummification. Oh my oh. gosh, this hand mummified. God, how horrifying. Ugh. It's it's what's what's. I think the other thing part of this is me having to um, fill out FOIAs in order to get, you know, unredacted or even things that they owe me. Like, as far as they redacted his photos, the deaths, they call them the death scene photos mm-hmm. from the CID investigation. I was like, uh, hello yeah could i please get those uh please so you know what they sent me what they sent me um a pdf that had it was just the page like a you know just a regular white piece of paper with the really black it was black and white and pixelated death scene photos like taken like with a flip phone six six of them on a page and you so you can't really yeah you fo- can't tell you know, what's happening can't see what's and they're in black and white and i'm like why would you give me black and white when you gave me his autopsy photos in full color oh my ask God. me how i know that yeah yeah <laughs> You know, like, unfortunately, the thing is, is that in order to hold these people accountable, you have to know for yourself what the truth is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes you have to do hard things. And that was a hard thing. Listening to his voice on that voice memo or the, the mm-hmm. answering machine. Yeah. Have that. That was hard to listen to. Very hard. I yeah. cried my head. Well, cried my head off the first time I actually finally saw a picture of Caleb because yeah. I didn't see him mm-hmm. and that did me even though it was a really gross picture mm-hmm. I somehow needed that yeah yeah I needed just to be able to say that was him mm-hmm. and and then I mean I cried for about 30 minutes oh on- yeah I <laughs> I can't somebody laugh. It's it's difficult even as you're saying this to to comprehend that someone could go through that. I I can't imagine going through it myself. I mean it's just it's like I think about it, my brain just goes four oh four error code. It just doesn't compute. Um I'm pretty numb. I, I, would I feel like a zombie, honestly. My heart is just a wreck. You know, we, we tell ourselves, like, no, I, I no matter what, I want to know the truth. And, you know, we say this about whatever it might be if, with work or relationships, but something like this, in order to give yourself closure, I think is more difficult than most people could possibly construct in their wildest imaginations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... You, you have to be committed to it. And, and you also have to have 
some people around you that also see the the um, you know blatant um, misconduct and unaccountability. I mean, it, it helps to have that validation and have people around you that go, okay, yes, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it holds you up, you know, um, and, you know, I, I was really getting close to just wanting to, I just was ready to shut it down, like make the yeah. bleeding stop. You know? Of course. And had another gold star mom and my friend Cami Del Barba, her son, as I mentioned, Des Del Barba, a wounded warrior. And mm -hmm. she's, um, I call it the Cami Del Barba justice checklist checklist okay okay <laughs> so she's like telling me okay now do this now do that and i'll do this and i'm going okay yes got that done got this done good called that person you know so it helps to have a supportive team around you so that you don't quit yes because it's too easy to quit i try to motivate myself through exercise good for you working out you know it's it's too easy to get caught up in my own head i have a lot of anxiety due yeah, to this I you can, know I there's think. a lot of you know they talk about ptsd yeah there's some there's some of that you know everybody has their own version mm -hmm. brand yeah. of that but uh it's it's a feeling that just sweeps you right off your feet on the daily on a daily basis yeah oh, i bet yeah um so, but I'm like, I'm grateful for, um, these other families who support me and my attorney, Daniel, uh, Maharaj, um, he's been very, um, encouraging and, um, helped so much. And what we've been able to get done for Caleb recently has just been like, really been helpful and motivating and encouraging. Cause I, I mean, I yeah. came up with this whole thing right out of the chute boots on the ground. I mean, I was just like this, yeah. we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I mean, I hit the ground running and then after, you know, three years, you know, I kind of about the summer, this last summer, I kind of went, oh, I kind of shut down a little bit. Well, yeah, like, that oh, is oh, difficult so to keep up. And that's yeah, probably, so probably built by design. They figure if we can't, you know, shut her down immediately, time will. And if we could just Absolutely. keep delaying it, what are some of the recent victories that you and your attorney have achieved for, for Caleb? Well, um, recently, most recently, um, I was able to have my Congressman Jody Arrington, who's who I've been working with for the past three years. Um, mm -hmm. we've just been trying to figure out like what we've been waiting on the pieces to kind of come together, you know, in Caleb's sure. case. And we were waiting on the medical malpractice claim to kind of come through and when they denied that and it just I think they it just they went hey this there this is no there's something else going on so it was able to kind of get them more on board um, and pinpoint kind of where we want to take this which is to reopen Caleb's case mm -hmm. um, it, it, that's what we would we would hope would happen. Um, 
but we were able to get um, my Senator Ted Cruz to also sign off, or actually he he and uh, Jody Arrington, they uh, crafted this joint letter together Good. and signed it. Um, and so this letter is directed to the uh, Secretary of the Army, and it's um, basically asking to take notice to Caleb's case and to that that ultimately we would like to reopen Caleb's case um, and but Miss Baker would like a meeting with the Good. Secretary of the Army so it's ultimately for a meeting mm-hmm. um, um, and also uh, to so that we can discuss like yeah what happened in Caleb's case and just kind of alert her to, you know, what's happening, on, yeah. you know, with the army. Yeah. This is and, totally um, unsat. Yeah. But her, now I just want to, I think here's, here's what I've come to. It's incredibly mind numbing, not, not to be able to do anything. Oh yeah. You're just, it's, but, you're paralyzed. Yeah. So yeah, you're just like in a box and you're banging against the wall. Uh, so what I've what I have been able to understand is that I'm an educator, mm-hmm. and my job in this point is to educate. Yes. Yeah, I want all these things. I want a lot of things that I haven't even mentioned, but. You can't be upset and angry at everybody if they don't understand or know. Yeah. They're not educated. Mm-hmm. And so my goal has been to calm down, <laughs> take a deep breath, and realize that you got this. Like, you're an educator. I've been educating for 20 years. Like, yes. So it's just now I have to educate on something that is really heart wrenching. Yes. Um, but ultimately, the statistics don't lie. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the research that they have done themselves, mm-hmm. I'm just going to show it to them again. Like, hey, you did this research some years back, and, and here's, here's the results of that. And, and I'm not sure if you guys have looked at it again, but here's the result. Here's one result, mm-hmm. Matt. You know, let's look at it again, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, like... You know, that's, I think my, my, my goal is to ultimately, yeah, reopen Caleb's case, but at the, at the, the basis of this whole thing, I cannot bring Caleb back. Mm. Caleb is forever in Bahala, you know, like, but uh, I cannot sit and watch as other families suffer and yeah. as other members and veterans suffer. Yeah. And they, <laughs> this silent war is plaguing our good military. Yeah. And, you know, and you're doing work that I don't think that I, I think, I think it will touch a lot of families. What I don't think will happen is that a lot of families will be aware of the impact that it had on them um, because the, the absence hopefully your work creating an absence of another family going through this. I mean, the absence yes. is the result. 
And that absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. If nobody can relate to me later on, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is not, you know, they always say, this is not the club you wanted to be in, you know. Right. This is not a community we want to build. You know, it, it's good to find people already existing, but. We never know each other. Yeah. And it's horrifying. We, we, we say that to each other sometimes uh, when, when I say we, I'm, I'm talking, referring to the other gold star families that I mm -hmm. talk with, but I mean, but we embrace each other heart to heart. And we say our service members must be meeting up there. That's the only be. way we you know, like would be like, I found you and you found me, you know, yeah. like it's been remarkable at the people that I have met and how we've all somehow floated together. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that we do have a, a really big task at hand and we have to be the chain, the unbroken chain that was broken for all of our service members and our veterans. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, the more we can all gather together with all of our stories, we have to go and present our stories to Congress individually, but then let's get together and come together and present together mm -hmm. because that is impactful. And Absolutely. We, there's, you know, but it, that is very hard for families to do, to yeah. do. Do you know that I have made when Candy Del Barbara told me how many emails that she made to her, to the Senate and House Armed Services Committee members, and how she follows up in phone calls and she follows up in emails, like it's another full time yeah. job, you guys. Like, yeah, and dra drain on top of grieving, you're doing this and you're draining, you know, and oh, and so oh, it's sure. just not it's not for everybody, you no. know, and um, but. And that's why there's 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 some legislation out there, you know. There's a there's a one. Let's see, um, called the Hall of Justice, and it's by Manuel. Um, he um, hold on one second. Mm -hmm. He um, has written this. If you go to um let's see i'll find it for you um okay. yeah no no problem and we can put i'll put the called, link in the it's description it's called the hall of justice okay um, but it would be an independent agency um and it would be an independent agency that would be over, you know, um, some of these other agencies and also be able to um, help families walk through, like, if they, if they see that there is a, a red flag, yes, then, <laughs> um, then you have somebody that can help walk you through it. Yes, um, good. Yeah, it, so, you you need someone to help you. I mean, it, what, you're supposed to just take on the entire army, but you're so, like it's right unconscionable, especially for a family that's grieving. 
So if you look up, uh, if you look up the Hall of Justice, okay, you can read. Yeah, it, it's petition to con Congress Hall of Justice, and um, uh, Manuel Gomez is the author, and um, and it's an amazing. It would be an amazing opportunity for all of us. I'm just saying. Okay. No, um, I'll definitely. Other, there's other, there are other legislations about accountability. I know that people are writing and would like to see come to fruition. You know, I support all of it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, my goal is to educate and to make sure people know about what's going on. And if that presents other legislation down the, you know, um, in the future, that would be really amazing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I just think that there's a lot of really creative thinkers out there. There's a lot of amazing people. Um, surely we can all work together to, uh, you know, find some avenue of justice. Um, yes. First, the Ferris Doctrine needs to be amended somehow. Um, to, mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned before, uh, incidents to service needs to be defined. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just one you know, tiny little bite time, and I'm sure that the story will keep revealing itself. <laughs> yeah, well, and it it's also just crazy. I mean, you talk about moving at the speed of government that, you know, three years oh, plus yeah. you've been at this, and, you know, still That's no answers. You're still demanding to have Caleb's case <laughs> open. You are, of course, making progress, but the timeline yeah. is... Yeah, when you're thinking of it in in terms of the government years, three years is nothing. Yeah, it was a, it can drag on an eye blink. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of the so, government. So the first one of the first people I met was uh, Shanta Block. Her sister Kavisha Block died 15, 16 years ago by now, um, and she was murdered um, overseas. And, you know, here she was, she was telling me this, you know, when it was like 14 years, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, these families, they've, they've gone through so much for so long, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of them just get really tired and lose heart. Then another oh, yeah. part of their might pick up and, and try to push it forward, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to see how so how many families are affected by yeah. these negligent um, or these murders, uh, <laughs> negligent. Yeah, <laughs> I it's mean, we haven't even talked about the the negligence really when it comes to um, machinery. Oh yeah. Using the proper straps for holding up a, an engine or something like that, you know. Oh yeah, don't even get me started. I, you know, it's uh, material maintenance management, whatever. 3M in the Navy, so just servicing equipment. It's you have to have these things, and they, they take it very seriously and inspect and everything else, unless you just sign off on it. You know, people are always cutting corners, and it's like, guys, here's the thing. They, there's a certain way to do things and you have to do it correctly and you have to do it in this order and there is the in in a perfect world yes there's some wiggle room on this stuff however they realize that they're dealing with people who have maybe never done something like this before and they want it instructions written so a chimp could do this without killing himself 
So guess what? We're going to do it the chimp way and make sure, you know, and, but of course people cut corners. They don't have all the equipment or whatever else. And well, we got to get it done so we can go home and play video games or drink or whatever. And, uh, and then there's a lot of downward pressure to, to get it done, you know, to make people look better. Yep. Yep. (sighs) Cycle of craziness. Yeah. Yeah. It's bringing back (laughs) not so fun memories for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah a cycle of craziness that just it just you know one thing leads to another one ball gets dropped here another one gets dropped here laziness shirking responsibility eh, nah, it's not a big deal yeah we'll go get the you know no don't go get the right strap or whatever from the you know we're about to deploy but don't go get that right strap we'll just use this this other one here and then it breaks and it falls on Mason Weber. Yeah. And crushes him. Oh my God. You know, I mean, just terrible stuff. It's yeah. It's a, it's a big operation. There's a lot of points of failure and you know, it's a culture of cutting corners that leads to, to accidents like this. It's not a one-time deal or a one-off deal. It's, no, there's an underlying problem and it needs to be addressed and people need to take responsibility and it's not happening. And it, especially in your case, has just absolutely horrifying and tragic results. I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. It's, it's really, it's awful um, to think that I'll never see Caleb again. I mean, he was, you know, my, one of my best buddies. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, he had his whole life ahead of him. His whole he had his whole life ahead of the thing I say to him every time I go up to see him is I'm sorry, Caleb. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. for your loss, you know, because his whole life he won't have children. He'll never get to do, you know, um the things that you would expect a young man to be able to do and grow and live and have a family. Yeah. You know, um, all the experiences that he would have been able to have. I mean, who knows where he would have been. I know he would have been career. He's, he was definitely a career military was his goal. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. He would have, and, he was already an impressive soldier and would have been more so. I, you know, yeah. like, like you say, uh, 19 years old, that's whether he, if he stayed in the army, he had his whole army career. And let's be honest, another career following that he would have been, younger than 40 if he retired mm-hmm. at 20 years um more more incredible things ahead for him yeah it's it's an absolute tragedy and and a waste and yeah you know, hopefully hopefully with your with your hard work and you know and obtaining closure for yourself that you obtain a victory in that this never happens to another military family. Well, I, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I want to know what they're doing to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So far, the only thing that they've been able to tell me is basically they're throwing back their own protocols. Okay. You know, there's, there's standard operating procedures, right? Yeah. And like, that's standard, right? Yeah. I'm not asking what your standard operating procedure is. I'm asking what you're going to do about it. Right, right. Are you going to, oh, right. I don't know, follow it? Didn't seem like you were doing that before. 
let's be really specific here because somebody's life was lost. Yeah. And it sounds like to me, a lot of people's lives are lost um, under um, the same kernel. Yeah. So yeah, he seems like the Grim think, Reaper for hey, crying out loud. Probably needs to be held accountable here. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, name him one more time. Colonel. Uh, Colonel Scotty Otan. Scotty Otan. All yeah, right. Colonel Owen. Colonel Owen is the one that um, traveled to Lubbock. Colonel Otan didn't even. He was supposed to show up at Caleb's final review here in Lubbock, and he sent Colonel Michael D. Owens instead. Interesting. I, I thought it was. Did he have more that- responsibilities at Fort Bragg to shirk off? He. No. Someone else in his no, maybe he was not maybe he wasn't in the states or something goodness but who knows about here i am making excuses for him yeah i well yeah really um really disappointing you know leadership if you can even call that from the army and uh again sorry that you that you went through this and i sincerely appreciate you coming on and telling your story and getting you know continuing the education of people like me who want to learn more about this and hopefully my listeners as well. And uh, I'll put all those links in the description, um, both to like your chat with TC and uh, in some of the uh, legislation that's, uh, that's coming down because people really need to know more about it. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, Also, I have a petition on my, on Caleb's uh, webpage, calebsmither.com. Mm-hmm. There's a form letter that people can send out um, to their representative, and then there's also a petition. And so people can please sign the petition and please send out a form letter. Absolutely. Um, that would really help us a lot. And so thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys. And um, yeah, just uh, justice for all of our service members, you know, and our veterans. And but yeah, justice for PV2 Caleb Smither. Amen to that, Heather. Again, thank you so much. And uh, I'll be tweeting out uh, the website and the petition as well um, and putting it on Facebook. And uh, again, thank you so much. And please let me know if there's anything I can do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Love you guys. God bless America. God bless.